This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. Let's start with the breaking news over the last hour or so, and that is the latest non-farm payroll figures. And, uh, well, U.S. employers added more than 500,000 jobs in July, and that has certainly defied fears that the labour market is heading for a slowdown and could also see the Federal Reserve continue with its rather aggressive uh, rate hikes after those figures. Yeah, an absolutely knockout jobs report if it wasn't 2022, uh, more specifically August 2022, where good news has become bad news, where the idea of a recession um, is seen as being almost kind of a positive because it means that the Federal Reserve won't have to hike as much, whereas before um, the idea of the Federal Reserve hiking very aggressively potentially causing a recession was enough to derail the markets we seem to things seem to have turned on their head and obviously the logic for it is the fact that a, a kind of if we're seeing a mild recession which means the fed does less then that could potentially be just that a mild recession whereas if we continue to see high inflation data to the point where the fed is forced to keep acting very aggressively then that could actually trigger a hard landing so a much deeper recession so there's the fear and that's why we're seeing this kind of good news is bad news uh, relationship return to the markets i feel like we haven't seen that in many years since the days of uh, of QE infinity everywhere uh, but that's very much what we're seeing now so we've seen like you say jobs 528000 average hourly earnings 0.5% it was expected to be 0.3 that's month on month the unemployment rate uh, down to 3.5%, which was below expected. We're seeing, I think, employment now has actually surpassed the pre-pandemic highs. This is a really stellar jobs report. The problem is that I don't think the markets wanted to see a stellar jobs report. I think the markets wanted to see a jobs report that showed that the labour market is healthy. I think they wanted to see a jobs report that showed that average hourly earnings were maybe starting to decelerate or at least moderate somewhat and take some of that inflation pressure out of the market and that showed unemployment was low. This was almost too good. And the result of that is that we've actually seen the market turn low. We're seeing equity few, US futures uh, much lower. This has obviously been recorded ahead of the open. So they got the NASDAQ around a percent and a half lower. Always a strong indication that it's Fed fears that are driving the markets is when the tech is massively underperforming the rest. We've seen the dollar soar. Gold has turned on its head and down more than 1% on the day. Bitcoin's given up a bunch of its gains. Clearly, this is not a report that the markets wanted to see. This talk of a recession, I can't remember a time where we've had employment going up and at the same time people talking of recession. We've seen inflation-induced recessions before. It's highly unusual, there's no doubt about that. And it's just um, it's just the world that we now live in. The, the, the pandemic has turned things upside down and obviously we are still in, in many ways in recovery from that in terms of supply chains which have improved quite considerably, the tightness in the labour market which has been partly still driven by what happened over the last two and a half years. You throw into the mix the fact that we've got really high oil prices which are 20% off their highs but they're still extremely high and that comes as a result of the lost production we saw over the last few years, underinvestment which means that there isn't the capacity to keep up with demand. And then you have thrown the war in Ukraine as well and the impact that that's having on gas and other energy prices as a whole. And uh, and this creates a really inflationary environment and that, and that starts to become increasingly entrenched because if people, if costs are going up, then people have to put their prices up who are not and companies have to put their price up that are not necessarily directly exposed to some of these issues. 
Then obviously people then ask for more money, demand more money, move jobs, especially in a tight labor market. So that drives up costs even further and that drives up prices even further. And you get this, you get this, um, this kind of inflation spiral. And so you're left in a situation where you, we now have, we're now really effectively heading, or there's a number of countries that are heading for effectively stagflation. Now the US is better positioned than most, you, you would certainly argue. We look here in the UK, we're in a stagflationary environment. We've got Little to no growth, we're heading for five quarters of a session, we'll come to that shortly, but we've still got really high inflation, and that's the biggest fear amongst these policymakers, and that's why the Fed is having to tighten so aggressively, because what they don't want is they don't want to turn this high inflation to A, become a decade of high inflation rather than a year of high inflation, and certainly don't want it to turn from a slowing economy with high inflation to a zero growth economy with extremely high inflation, because then you've got a stagflationary environment, which is far harder to get out of, so we've now got the markets who are positioning for a 75 basis point rate hike in September, which is something they had previously started to move away from following the uh, data dependent shift from the Federal Reserve a week or two ago. And uh, that's uh, and that's something that's concerning the markets because, like I say, now the markets are really fearing effectively an inflation and interest rate induced in, um, recession, which it sounds terrible, but it's, it's, it's kind of the least bad option compared to uh, inflation getting increasingly out of control, becoming much more difficult to tame, and then you're not looking at a, a short, sharp recession. You're, talk, you're looking at something far more severe. And these figures must have had an effect on uh, the currencies. I would imagine the dollar today is on the up. The dollar is on the up. It's, it's, it's performing very well, obviously, because of combination of the fact that we are seeing uh, faster tightening pricing from the Fed, but also the risk aversion is, uh, is typically favoring the US dollar. So we're seeing the dollars up more than 1%. That's having a negative impact on other, in other areas of the market, obviously. The dollar's up because yields are up, obviously. Um, gold, is, as I said earlier, is taking uh, quite a big hit. Bitcoin's given back a large chunk of its earlier gains. I mean, this has caused ripples throughout the market, so it looks as though we're ending the week on a bad note. And some of that optimism, which had started to uh, return to the market, some of that little bit of risk appetite, the bad news is good news, driven risk appetite um, is, is now starting to be unwound. It's interesting to see the contrast with the UK as far as uh, jobs are concerned. After those figures, uh, I think we saw yesterday from KPMG, which says that hiring in the UK has slowed because of uncertainty over the economy. And the big story of the week on this side of the Atlantic is uh, no doubt that hike of 50 basis points by the Bank of England with rates now up to 1.75%. And uh, the governor of the Bank of England has had to defend its decision to raise rates, saying that there is a real risk of soaring prices becoming embedded, as you uh, earlier intimated um, he is taking a bit of flack. Uh, Liz Truss, the probable prime minister-to-be, uh, is uh, intimating that uh, the government should control interest rates rather than the Bank of England. I mean, that would frankly be an absolutely disgraceful decision if that if that ever if that is something that ever happens. If you want to see what happens when a government takes control of inflation, just take a quick look at Turkey, where they're uh, indirectly, should we say, driving the monetary policy decisions there. And I'm not to say that every government would take such ludicrous decisions, but there's a very much a good reason why central banks are independent of government. And just because there's a period where you get high inflation, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that therefore the central bank should not be independent. I mean, I think I feel like um, 
get taking flack from politicians has become part of the job description for central bank leaders over the past five or five years or so. We Trump was obviously repeatedly taking aim at uh, Jerome Powell uh, towards the end of his term when he started raising interest rates. We had uh, Mark Carney was repeatedly taking flack from Jacob Rees-Mogg and others um, during the kind of Brexit debates because of his uh, because of the central bank's forecasts and uh, their views, um, uh, which is obviously something that they have to forecast uh, in, and they were being heavily questioned on. And then, obviously, now we're seeing uh, Andrew Bailey being uh, getting flack, even though every central bank around the world, barring one or two, is facing the same problem. The UK is more exposed to things like energy prices, which is why our inflation problem's worse. But it's easy to forget that the Bank of England was the first major central bank to start raising interest rates late last year. And even then, there was there was some suggesting that they were maybe being a bit premature. They've continued raising rates throughout the year. They were the first earlier this year to suggest that the economy is going to go into recession later in the year. They were right about that. Uh, they're now forecasting a dire recession let's face it more than two percent contraction next year another year of slight contraction the year after uh five quarters of recession um we're effectively they're effectively forecasting stagflation now for the uk economy for the next two years um that is a pretty dire uh situation that we now find ourselves in and yes people are always going to tend to central banks to say well inflation is your remit that that is if, if it gets out of control why shouldn't we blame you but safe to say there are a lot of external factors happening here and you can always tend to central banks say you should have acted quicker but that's a lot of people acting with hindsight there wasn't wasn't a lot of people saying that towards the back end of last year when the bank of england started raising rates it's always a job that's easily done in hindsight i guess is what i'm trying to say am i saying the central banks are perfect absolutely not but all central banks are playing catch up at this point in time so maybe captain 2020 hindsight uh shouldn't be uh standing there pointing the finger of blame um uh, and I, I certainly don't believe that there should be any discussion about uh, about central bank independence and whether that should be the case or not. A government controlling uh, uh, governments controlling interest rates, uh, and what's more, I don't think this is a suitable reason to start talking about even changing the central bank's uh, mandates. Um, not unless there's an awful lot of justification for it and an awful lot of research behind it. And from what I've heard over the course of the last couple of weeks, in terms of things like money supply, there isn't really much justification behind it, especially when we're talking about uh, the Bank of England being compared to a successful central bank like the Bank of Japan. And I'm sure there isn't many people in Japan who thinks that what the Bank of Japan has done over the last 20 years has been anything remotely successful. Um, so this is something that's obviously up for debate and it's obviously an extremely contentious time because of the situation that we have. Well, let's not be in any doubt. The world has an inflation problem right now and the UK's is worse but every uh, than, than, than many, but then every... Uh, central bank in the world is raising rates extremely aggressively and let's not be surprised if next year most are in recession have been in recession or are heading for recession let's move on to the week to come what should we expect over the next seven days so the next week's looking a lot quieter. We've heard from a lot of central banks now over the course of the last few weeks. All of them, it seems, now moving very aggressively, or at least the vast majority of them moving very aggressively with their tightening programs. We are now into the summer when it can be a little bit quieter. All eyes really now on uh, Jackson Hole uh, to see where the Fed is going to move. But I think this jobs report uh, today has really um, probably got uh, the people's uh, tension and uh, anxiety going. 
which brings us to that US inflation data next week on Wednesday. That's going to be the key. Now, if we see more inflation next Wednesday, I think we can almost see uh, 75 basis points being fully priced in well before the event and ahead of that Jackson Hole meeting. Very much in line with what the Fed policymakers have been warning this week. There's been two warnings coming from Fed policymakers this week. First is, let's not discount 75 basis points in September. Markets are getting too ahead of themselves. Second, I can't understand why markets are pricing in such a a significant reversal in terms of interest rates early next year going from hiking interest rates to deal with inflation to cutting interest rates that seems very premature one central bank is saying i don't know what they're looking at uh given the jobs report we've seen today you start to understand why these comments were appearing in the inflation data next week i think people are going to be very nervous about apart from that it's largely tier two and tier three data if i'm honest we've got uk gdp on uh, Friday, again, in light of what we've heard this week from the Bank of England, there will be uh, a little bit more focus uh, upon that. But broadly speaking, I think it's looking like a, a relatively quiet week, which I'm sure many will say, well, to be honest, we could probably do with that after the way things have been recently. But there is that voice inside my head that says, is there any such thing as a quiet week in the markets right now? Probably not. Is something going to happen? Is there other stories? Did we see the Nancy Pelosi thing being so such a, a key part of this week a couple of weeks ago when we're talking so much about Nord Stream 1 and gas flows falling to 20% is the, is this going to be back in the headlines uh, throughout the next week there's so many different things happening right now I struggle to see it being a quiet week but if you're looking purely at the economic calendar then that's how it looks at the moment okay thanks very much and enjoy your weekend thank you you too this is the Oanda podcast